I am so, so blessed. Did you know that? You know, and, and just kind of pause, right? You might just at this point go, it's easy for you, Aaron, because, right? You are so blessed. Did you know that? I want us to open this, this, this moment in prayer because I just want us to join in just a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. You are so, so good to us. Surely goodness and mercy follow us every day of our life. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. Why? Because you are there. You are a good, good father. This whole message today could be summed up in a single prayer of thanksgiving to you because you're a good, good God. So bless us with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, I just kind of really, we're in an incredible moment of uh, starting a new series and we're trying to teach you a new language, if that's all right. Uh, We're trying to help you with your language of prayer. Put your hand up if you speak more than one language, okay? So anybody who who is just kind of speaks two languages, put your hands up. Fantastic. Put your hand up if you speak, (laughs) I know this answer. If you speak more than three languages, three languages and up, anybody? Tom, isn't it? You know, isn't that nice? It's, it's, it's not easy, isn't it? Being English, we are so sometimes ignorant when we travel the world because we have an expectation to do two things. Number one, for people to speak to us in English and number two, for them to provide an English breakfast. How arrogant are we, guys? It's just like, it's just rude, isn't it? You know, and so what we're going to do, we want to do that. And Levy, who's one of our, he's a digital pastor here. Um, he's from Brazil. Uh, his language is Portuguese. And then he's learned English. I said to Levy, how did you learn your new language? And I said, what was the name of your language teacher? And he told me, he said, Netflix. <laughs> So one of the ways he learned language was he would watch English films and part of him getting used to the language. Now you'll know that Levy is engaged to my daughter Beth, you know, and so if Beth feels it is a good thing. So Beth feels it's important that she learns Portuguese. So she's now learning a second language. So every week she does these Portuguese classes, you know, and she's starting to increase her dialect in, in speaking uh, Portuguese so she can talk to Levy's family. I spoke to Levy about it. I said, how do you grow a language? You've come over here. You've learned English in an incredible way. He said, did you know, researchers said that actually you could learn a language two hours a week, but it's not as good as if you spent 10 minutes every day speaking that new language, this concept. So if we're going to think about learning a new language of prayer, I think maybe rather than go, right, I'm going to do 10 hours storming the gates of heaven and have you got to 12 minutes and then kind of gone, oh, that's done. How about just 10 minutes every day, starting to learn this new language of how we talk to God. And the best way to learn a new language is to embed yourself in the culture in which we're speaking. So here's the truth, right? You want to learn a new language of prayer. The best way you can do is to embed yourself in the culture of heaven. Because the moment you walk into the concept and the culture and the community of the standards of heaven, you're going to learn how to speak. And we have new Christians here who are learning the language of heaven. 
They're learning how to talk and they're learning how to understand. And we also have people in this room have been speaking that language of knowing how to connect with God for many, many, many years. This is a fresher, a refresher course of how can we better communicate with Jesus? And perhaps another question, how can we learn to understand what Jesus wants to say to us? Rachel Hickson talked about increasing our fluency in prayer last week. And this is a step process of I wanted to invite you to increase your fluency in the language of prayer. So that as we go into this year, you know how to communicate with God and you know how he communicates with you. Is that all right? Now we have language names like English and French and Spanish and Portuguese and Mandarin and Cantonese. You know, they're all like languages across the globe that have got names. But what's the language of heaven called? I wonder what that is, you know, and I started to think about it instead because I've got a slight brain going. I wonder what you would call the language of heaven. And I think I found it. So this is just my opinion, isn't it? I'm going to read some scriptures if you want to go with me. John chapter 16, verse 13. These give us some clue. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. John 14, verse 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all all things and he will bring your remembrance to everything that I've said. Romans 8 verse 26, for we do not know what to pray as we are, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. Hebrews 7, uh, 3 verse 7, and therefore as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. And as I started to listen to, because a language is the spoken, the verbal, the representation, the symbol, communication, or even the written. That's what a language is. And I realized the language of heaven is this. It's called the spirit. Because I asked the question, how do I know you're talking to me, God? How do I know you understand? And I realized when I became a Christian, he put his spirit, his breath, his life into me and I became born again. I became this child in God and suddenly I started to understand who God was and he placed his spirit within me. When I was a teenager, I was praying and I was saying, God, I want more of you. And he baptized him, which means I was fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. I had this incredible encounter, this experience with God, and he filled me with his spirit. And the reason he did that is so I might understand him better. And it blew my world apart as a teenager that God somehow would be bothered with this kind of like teenager going through adolescence and acne and suddenly says, I want to impart in you the ability to understand what I'm saying to you. And it was this incredible encounter. Let me tell you that the Spirit of God does not leave you. It walks with you every step of it. And I've realized the language of heaven is the Spirit of God. And he talks to us as our, our guider into truth, as our comforter. And I was really excited when I realized this is the language in which we are learning. And, and we're going to break this language up into six dialects. If you travel across the world, you'll have an overseeing language and you'll see different dialects. In England, we have you know, the English language and the dialect. Anybody been to Liverpool? different dialect isn't it you know it goes up a few notches frequency levels isn't it you know have you ever been to Newcastle 
It's different if you've been, I'm from Nottingham, you know, it's different if you go up north from up south, you'll see the dialect shift. And, and there's dialects within our language that I want us to understand when we're talking to God over this next series. And this is what the dialects are, and we're going to teach you about them. Number one, we're going to teach you Thanksgiving, and that's what we're doing today. Number two, we're going to teach you about the language of worship. Number three, we're going to teach you about the language of intercession. Number three, four, we're going to talk you about the language of confession. And then we're going to teach you about the language of revelation. And then we've got an absolute doozy to finish with. And you're going to love this. We're going to teach you the language of fasting. And everybody went, because we're going to come into Lent, you know, ready to go, God, we want to learn to know how it is. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100 as we look at this language of thanksgiving. If you like what God says, if it resonates with your spirit, I want you to kind of suddenly, because language is a spoken thing, by the way. It's an expressive thing. It's never silent. Language is never silent. It never doesn't express itself. There's something that wants to connect. Are you ready? Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues for every generation. Let me tell you, if you learn the dialect of thanksgiving, it will help your mental health. Let me tell you, if you learn the dialect of thanksgiving, it will help you sleep. Let me tell you, it will move you into a more positive person. Let me tell you, it will transform your relationships if you take hold of what this message is and say, I am going to live a life of thanksgiving. Just to give an illustration. And in down here in the southwest, there is this tourist attraction, if you're not aware, called the Eden Project. It's an incredible space, by the way. It is the largest biome on the planet. And basically, a biome is a greenhouse, you know. And basically, they force create an environment and, uh, where plants will grow in the southwest in the wet, damp conditions of Cornwall. But they create a cover and a skin, and they turn the humidity up and the temperature up. And we now have, in this country, the largest artificial man-made rainforest even in our environment. It's a biome. It's a living environment. You walk through the doors and they open. There is a tangible presence shift that you will feel the temperature change. You will see the humidity change. Let me tell you guys, if we draw into this culture of Thanksgiving, this atmosphere of Thanksgiving, there will be a tangible change the moment you walk into the house of God. If you learn this in your personal life, there will be a biome that will be built around your life that even though the environment in which we live is negative and depressive you know, and oppressive and holds down, you will be under this biome by which you will walk in and go, God is good. Your family can create biomes of thanksgiving where there's a tangible presence 
You know, the evidence faith talks about the substance of faith. You bump in to the presence of God. It's real. It's tangible. Whenever I've encountered God, I have felt something. I have experienced something. I have understood something. I have discovered something. I know he is real. And some God wants to put us in this place. And he said, I want to bring you into this whole environment of life. And that's what we want for church, don't you? Do you want to come in and go, well, it's different in here. You know, you want to hear our speakers go, they're just different, isn't it? They just carry something of God. When the band get up, they've got an energy. They've got a passion. They've got an enthusiasm. They have got life. They have got something. And imagine if we all had that. Imagine if we had the coffee, you know, and we took the coffee. It's great, isn't it? It's fantastic. And it's free. Praise Jesus. And somebody made it for me. You know what? You're clicking into what Thanksgiving is all about. You're starting to understand because actually the thankful person sees the good in everything. Because God is a good, good God with a distinct environment that we're going. And we're trying to grow a presence-centered church that is open 24-7 by which God is just lives all around us, both in our home life and in our worship life, in our corporate space, that we are just blessed and every single blessing comes. Now, I grew up reading child literature. Has anybody heard of Winnie the Pooh? Is that, is that okay? And, and I kind of, I realized kind of, I wanted to do this because when we read the scripture, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Um, it's not always true in church that we enter um, like that. You know, as, as, put your hand up if you've ever had a tough week. Yeah. <laughs> Who's ever woke up in the morning and you're just feeling a little bit kind of down and oppressed or you've not got into the day yet? That is quite normal. You know, but Thanksgiving overrides that week. It overrides that mood. It overrides that depressive nature that sometimes we can accumulate. And there's something different. So I want to throw up, if I can, two characters from the story, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger and Eeyore. Is that all right? It's theologically deep. <laughs> okay, so I just, want to, I just want to ask you a question. When you come into the presence of God, are you a Tigger or are you an Eeyore? You know, because the wonderful bit things about tiggers is tiggers are wonderful things, isn't it? You know, and, and you get this impression, you realize personality type, I'm more tigger than Eeyore. You get that already, you know, in that. But part of it is because God at an early age of my development came in by his Holy Spirit and said, Hey, Aaron, did you know we're going to have fun in life? Did you know I'm going to put you on adventure? Did you know I'm going to bless you? Did you know I'm going to walk with you? And he gave me his life and I'm still living that out. And so when Dave, David's a tigger, by the way, in the psalmist. You get this. I was glad when they said to me, I'm going to go to the house of God. Who's glad to be in the house of God this morning? We've got about 30% tiggers. I have got some work to do this morning, isn't it? You know, wow, wow, God, you don't understand what my life is like. You know, I've had a terrible week. In fact, I went, I parked my car and I went to put my money in and I, I had no money to put in the car park. That's just like, it's wrecked my whole day, isn't it? You know, in fact, you know, I tried to get some Wi-Fi to pay on Ringo and I couldn't get the signal, isn't it? You know, it's all right for you. You don't have to park on a Sunday morning. That, sometimes, you know, how, how many of us really get affected by those things 
Have you, have you realized some of our moods are stupid? They're crazy. We get a bit upset about the little things, and actually, you know, and then you, you come into church and then somebody comes around, it's good to be here, isn't it? And you're like going, yeah, this is the outside of you. <laughs> yeah. Inside. You've got that inner, it's all right for you. Because, right? And there's a whole host of reasons why you think everybody else should be happy and you shouldn't. And in here, God wants, and you know what Thanksgiving does? It's the antidote to that. It comes and injects that morose nature of our spirit and says, I was glad when they came to me. When they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. If Thanksgiving was a currency and it was a wadge of notes, how much have you got in your pocket right now? Because my pockets can't contain the Thanksgiving I've got this morning. Generally, I could just pray for 30 minutes just to thank God. I really could. You know, just because what God, God is so, so good. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. Do you know what? I woke up this morning, right? And I was under a warm duvet. Praise God. <laughs> I've traveled in India where people and children are sleeping on the streets without warm duvets. Have you realized how blessed you are? I put my feet on carpet. I walked downstairs in a safe locked house where nobody had come in overnight. I went and picked a kettle up. You know what? And I pulled the kettle and I turned the tap. And you know what? The miracle of water came out of my tap. And you know that water was clean. It had been purified. It was safe to drink. It was accessible. And I filled my kettle. And you know what? I put it in there, you know, and then I turned the kettle. And this incredible invention called electricity that comes into the property in which I live. And it heats the water. It's incredible. Do you know what? Not everybody in this world has that. You ever wondered that? Clean sanitation, electricity, and you think that you're not blessed. I open the cupboards, I open the fridge, and there's milk in the fridge. There's bread for toast for breakfast in the morning. I am wonderfully blessed. You don't realize these, all these incidentals are things that God has already got up ahead of my day and he's blessing me and has done every single time of my life. And when I enter his gates with thanksgiving, I'm making a decision that I am going to praise. I will enter. I, me, okay? I don't look at you and go, Amber, you should be entering his gates with thanksgiving. You should be doing that. I, I'm going to do that. I'm not worried about what you're going to do. I'm going to come in. And I will is a choice. There's a whole song. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Do you remember? It? It's lovely. I've been brainwashed as a child with the old classics, you know, isn't it like that? But I will. I'll make a decision. I'm going to choose, isn't it? I might be feeling down. I might be feeling like I've got a bit of a cough. I might have not got any money for the machine in the car park. You know, I'm going to take the greatest option, thinking, hoping that the ticket inspector doesn't come and give me a ticket. But I will enter his gates. I'm going to come in into this. What does your day look like when you enter your day with Thanksgiving? When you whip the covers back and you go, Woo-hoo, come on, God. How many get up like that? Let's be honest. Because <laughs> I don't, but I'd like to. <laughs> You'll understand this one. You make your first coffee and you put it in your hands. <sighs> Who likes coffee? If you hate coffee, this won't work. <laughs> By the way, think of another beverage. Thank you, God. 
You get in your car. Thank you, God, for my car. Thank you, God, that I can travel. Thank you, God, that I've got a job. Some of us go into a job, kind of go, God, my job is this, and it sucks. And then maybe do stuff like work. And have to stay there, you know, for eight hours. And have to do that. And you don't understand, isn't it? You know, and I'm like, God, thank you for my job. Thank you, I get to earn. And then you realise Topsham Road's got the terrible traffic lights and you can't get anywhere because there's a gridlock in the city. You're like, ah! And then your Thanksgiving comes in and goes, thank you, God, I've got a chance to pray because I missed it this morning before when I got out of bed. I can, I've got a prayer time ready to go right now. And I can praise so you. realise Thanksgiving is a perception swift, switch in your life. Remember this phrase because we're going to teach it as a layer. Thanksgiving is when we agree with what God has done. Worship is when we agree with who he is. Intercession is when we agree with what he's about to do. You understand, we're starting here with what God has done for your life. And 101, God has done already so much. Why what has God done? He has turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning. You've clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh Lord my God, I will give you thanks for everything. I'm going to draw the band up if I can because I want us to get ready to respond to what God is doing because I want to teach you, to enable you to get into your week with this mindset. That you come out of this place going, I didn't just go into church to thank God. I'm walking out of the church building, thanking God. And I'm going to make a decision that I will thank God every day this week. As many moments as I can, I'm going to go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody opens the door for me. I'm going to say, thank you. We pray. We pray, by the way, before the service. Just kidding. Part of our prayer was, was just going to say, we just did popcorn prayers, which are kind of simple prayers of God. Thank you for Really simple. It was incredible what people said thank you for. We're weeping with joy. Because I can say genuinely that I'm thankful for God for walking through with me through the shadow of death. I can say thank you because I've seen the miraculous nature of God in my life. I can say thank you because I have seen God as my greatest encourager when I've hit the biggest disappointments and I've felt like giving up and I have the language of the Spirit that says, you can do this. I am with you. I am right behind you. But I feel I've failed. I feel I'm not good enough. But I feel this, but this is happening. But I know, but I just want to let you know I have plucked you for a reason and for a purpose. And I've pulled you out of where you are and I've got a plan for you and I'm not going anywhere. And my God has never been anywhere else. He is always by our side. He turns our mourning into dancing. We really have so much to thank God. There's a story about the 10 lepers. Or the 10, the nine eels and the one tiggers. There's only one leper who had the transformation encounter with God who, who realized that. I wonder why the other nine didn't come back. I wonder if because they got stuck at the ticket machine or stuck in the traffic jam. But one said, I know why I'm transformed and I'm just say thank you to Jesus. Your invitation this week is every day to spend at least just a few minutes saying thank you to Jesus.
every meal. You don't have to say formal religious prayers, right? You just go, thank you, Jesus. Put your clothes up. Thank you, Jesus. What will happen, by the way, is when you do that, everybody who does something good in your life this week, you're going to thank too. So somebody will open the door for you as you go for into the shops. You go, thank you for doing that. Somebody will be there with their trolley and they'll move out the side because they'll see you somewhere. You go, thank you for taking the time just to let me fry. I appreciate that. We as the people of God have this ability to carry this biome of thanksgiving wherever we go. And we can move from the world from a whinging, negative, depressive outlook into a positive, faith-filled people of God that we thank God. Let me tell you, you can't be depressed and thankful at the same time. It does not work. You just can't do it. God, I thank you. You're so good. Give me food. Try it. Look at your food. Look at, I am thankful for you. You don't know how much you bless me. You don't know how much your words of encouragement, your prayers when I've been in my darkest days, just overlay. It's just good. I, we just layer and layer and layer, can't we? So you ready? I'm going to wind you up because I'm going to kind of, we're going to get the band to kind of play something and we're going to give an atmosphere of thanksgiving. So I want you to kind of sit right now. Um, in the Bible, there's different ways we can praise God. So we can sing, verbal. Um, some language is like physical. So we can clap. We can lift our arms up. We can kneel before God. We can dance, right? There's all ways to express thanksgiving to God, by the way. There's one word in the Old Testament called Yadah, which is lovely. It just puts all of those expressions into one word, shakes it up and goes, I'm just going to go, Woo-hoo, this is great. So let's stand up. Quickly get ahead of Thanksgiving. God, what am I thankful for? Just have a thing. Line up. All right, it's going through your head. Right, now take those just imagination the way your brain works because you respond to what I'm saying. And that just kind of go, right, heart, are you glad of those things? You're experiencing what's called an emotion now. That's quite normal. That's healthy. God has given you emotions. Suddenly there'll be a smile on your face because you realize, right, Peter, who's one of our congregation, he has just bought a house. Against all odds, he's bought his own house. And we're praising God and we're thankful with you, Peter. That's incredible. We're also really proud of you. I want you to know that, that you've worked hard at integrating us into this community, into this family. And, you, and people don't know how difficult that been as a journey, but I'm really proud of you. That you're safe and that you've done well. Even though life has thrown some real big things at you, God has come through and you've come through really well. Hopefully you experience the joy of what God has done. Because this is what God does. So in your own words right now, just close your eyes and just, uh, if you lose this, I'm thankful for this, God. Come on, lift your voice. It's okay, it's, um, it's not a silent language, it can be vocal. You know, Jesus, I'm thank you for this. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. And you, you, you'll see a growth in your words that you'll, you'll see the things that God has given and then God is drawing you into who He is. That God's your provider. He's your comfort. And if you want to lift your hands up, if you want to lift your head or your voices, let's sing together uh, this last song as a, a song of thanksgiving.